Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Eat Sleep Podcast Repeat. My name is Dave Taylor. Thanks for checking us out today. I got a special treat for you today as we interview Warren Haynes from Government Mule, a band that he started with a couple of others in 1994. And the band just put out a new album, came out in June, called Peace Like a River. So we're going to talk to Warren about that and also the band's uh, summer travels as well. Uh, Warren is uh, kind of like the man's musician, if you will. That dude's been uh, part of the Allman Brothers Band for a long time. You know, he uh, worked with David Allen Coe and the uh, Dickie Betts Band. Dude's been doing it for a uh, very long time. Did some stuff with the Dead as well. Yeah, guys uh, got uh, quite the uh, resume throughout his uh, career here there. And uh, we'll be talking to him in just a moment about the Government Mule's New album and the upcoming tour. Yeah, Warren Haynes, man. That dude can do it all. Again, we are Eat Sleep Podcast. Repeat, normally wrestling podcast, but we do break away from time to time when we can score some awesome interviews like this. You can find us on the web, fm99.com, 1069to-fox.com, under the media tab, Facebook and Twitter, ESPR99. And while you're probably listening uh, to a podcast uh, right now on an app, and that's how you can find us, you know, all over the place, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud. Make sure you subscribe. Get the notifications when we post new episodes. Because we do get some awesome interviews from time to time. Without further ado, here is from Government Mule, Warren Haynes. Okay, congrats on the new album uh, from Government Mule, Peace uh, Like a River. Thank you. And uh, how uh, I know you guys are hitting the road this uh, this summer, too, uh, promoting the heck out of it, man. What... Uh, you know, what is, tell me about the new album in regards to like the, the process of this. Cause I know, you know, bands, you know, during COVID, you know, they would, you know, record things apart, put them together. Is the band together doing this? Yeah, this is us all in the same room, uh, looking at each other while we're recording predominantly live, just like we always do. Uh, we actually made two records at the same time. Our, our last record, which was called Heavy Load Blues, which was our first and possibly only traditional blues record. Uh, We made that record and Peace Like a River at the same time in in two different rooms in the same studio. So that's how bored and cabin fever crazy we were. Uh, We found a studio where we could go in and make two records at the same time that sounded completely different from each other. So we would go in around noon and record Peace Like a River till about 9 at night, take a break, step over into the studio next door and with completely different equipment uh, and, and record blues the rest of the night. And uh, we did that for several weeks, and it, they both turned and out now, great. Did you... I, you know, I, I mean, as the songwriting process changed over the years, because sometimes you know, bands are you're on, and you're always on the road. It seems like it has uh, been. Is there is a writing happening in the studio? Is it happening on the road, or is it just you know you're, you're at home going, hey, you know, I like how this look is. I'm going to bring it in. Well, due to the whole lockdown situation, uh, I had so much time on my hands that I, I did more writing than I've done in, in just years and years and years. I had so much material that I was dying to record. The difference was normally we would work those songs up on the road at rehearsal, at sound check, and those kind of things. Uh, we didn't have that luxury for this record, so we, the first seven or eight days, we were just set up in the studio rehearsing, not rolling tape, just uh, learning and arranging, and, and in some cases writing 
the songs. And uh, everything just kind of came from the ground floor up, which is a, an interesting way to make a record, but it's it's different than our normal. And then the uh, the first single uh, from this album, too, man, is uh, Dreaming Out Loud. Uh, Dreaming Out Loud is very different for us. It's very soul music influenced. I kind of wanted to take a, a Sly and the Family Stone approach and have guest vocalists trading off different sections of the song. So we brought in uh, Ivan Neville and Ruthie Foster to be part of it. Uh, and it really turned out great. It's quite a departure from a lot of the other stuff, but we kind of pride ourselves in doing as many different types of uh music on one record is, is you know different influences throughout the record which i really love you know we love all is, sorts is, of is that a challenge when either you know songwriting or putting an album together where i might say like some artist you know you, you like you hear it, you go right away you know it's that band um is, is that something that and I mean, you've been you've been a part of so many bands where yes they have a sound but there's always that different thing was that something when you guys were recording this album and when you're writing this stuff you're like well how do i incorporate this into it or i'll have this influence well you know this is our 12th studio record so uh, i think part of our mission has always been to make every record different from the one before it and to continue to grow and to continue to bring different influences into the fold uh there are so many influences that make up our sound but at the same time i think when someone hears it you know, uh, if you're a fan, you instantly, I would think, would know that it's Government Mule. But it, it's even if it's different from what we've done in yeah. the past. And then you, because uh, you, you mentioned uh, Ruthie and you mentioned uh, Ivan, so you have some other guests on the A Peace Like a River album. Uh, it was like Billy Bob Thornton, uh, least and uh, and Billy Gibbons. Yeah, uh, Billy Bob Thornton uh, sang on a tune called uh, "The River Only Flows One Way." I was looking for someone to do like a spoken word, like beat poetry uh, sort of narration in the verses, and I, I didn't envision that voice being my own. Uh, I sing in the chorus, but uh, Billy came to mind, and we're old friends, and uh, he did a fantastic job. Uh, in the case of a song called Shake Our Way Out, it kind of had some ZZ Top influence, and, and Billy Gibbons and I worked together quite a bit, and so I thought it would be nice if, if he put his stamp on it. Uh, Solis, who is a, a new artist that I've only been familiar with for the last couple of years, is fantastic, and, and we uh, brought her in to do uh, the song uh, Just Across the River, which has kind of a, a gospel feeling about it. I, I wanted to have a, a female voice counter to mine uh, for that tune, and, and Solis is wonderful. She's also a great guitar player. Uh, so it was nice having guests on the record, but especially because they each fit the song so yeah, well. Yeah, did you, I guess when you were putting it together and, and you just kind of like seeked it out, did you go, oh, this Billy Bob's going to sound good for, uh, you know, the, the river only flows uh, one way, or is that just, just kind of worked out that way? Yeah, uh, you know, he and I are old friends, and we actually wrote a song together recently, and so once I made the decision that it would be nice to have him sing on it, I just called him and asked him if he had time, and he's got a fantastic studio at his place 
in L.A., and uh, he wasn't able to be in the studio with us. He did it at his home studio, which is wonderful, uh, and sent it back, and we were just like, wow, that's perfect. Uh, has that changed over the years, you know, the uh, the recording process? Because, you know, you used to you know, have to rent studio time, and now, you know, most bands are, I mean, is it your studio, or are you guys just finding a spot that has good re- you know, recording elements? Well, a little of both. I mean, some of us have studios at home, but when, as of now, we prefer to record in a in a larger, old school studio environment. And you know, we're one of those bands that likes to record live in the studio, everybody in the same room looking at each other, and it's very old school. We record to analog tape, uh, but there, you know, with, with the advent of technology there are a lot of uh changes and and choices you know uh, sometimes in the old days if somebody wanted me to play on their record maybe i would have to go to wherever they are uh these days i just go into a studio and record my part and and, and send it in if that's what the situation requires we, we still love being together and and making records like the old days but not yeah, everybody well, you does you can definitely tell that in the sound too especially uh, the uh, the first song that you guys put out for the album as well i mean it's like okay it's not like you know you're laying down your part and somebody's in another room doing this but uh yeah i can never i can never be happy with that i think the music benefits from the live performance yeah, i think too like well let me do my part again so let me you know re-record this but now you guys are all together you're playing off each other and everything else. So I, I know, and I've seen you in concert a number of times with uh, the Almonds. Uh, uh, I've seen you at festivals and everything. Uh, you know, but with the playing and singing, and I know and I, I'm a Frank Zappa fan. And one thing he said is he couldn't play and sing at the same time. You know, he would do his solos, you know, and everything else. How 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 do you do that focus? How do you do both at the same time? Well, I've gotten good at it through the years. Uh, Although I will say that it's refreshing sometimes to just do one or the other when when that opportunity arises, but I enjoy playing and singing at, at the same time, and I think the end result is different, you know. Uh, but you know, every situation is different. So there have been situations where I just sang on on a song and it, it feels great to not play, or vice versa. But in general, I kind of just prefer well, doing Because you're a four-piece band, right? Government Mules will... Yeah, so. Right. And started as a three-piece band where we had our hands full <laughs> all the time. Yeah, so I mean, that, that's just the amazing thing. Because, I, I, you know, hearing your recordings, you know, hearing the album and stuff, it's like, wait, that's just four guys? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, that was the challenge when we started Government Mule as a trio was to make as much noise as possible as a three-piece. And it that really puts a lot of pressure on the chemistry. And our chemistry from the very beginning was great, especially between Matt Apps and Alan Woody, the, the drummer and bass player, which in a trio is the most important thing for the rhythm section to kind of uh, have this sense of... Uh, sounding like a bigger yeah, band. Yeah, that, that's know. what, like, you know, if I come across, you know, maybe a bootleg um, or recording <laughs> or hearing your live stuff, and I'm like, wait, wait, that you're telling me that's four people right now. That's <laughs> uh, which, and you're hitting the road for the album as as well. Uh, I know you're going to be up in uh, Northern Virginia uh, coming up on uh, on August 20th. What is the dark side of the Mule show? 
Well, that started in 2008 for our Halloween show. Uh, every Halloween we do a thematic show where we do something outside of the box. And in 2008 we did a whole set of Pink Floyd music, and it was recorded and released, and people really dug it a lot, so we did a handful of other shows here and there. Uh, and we weren't going to do any more, but then someone brought up that it's the 50th anniversary of Dark Side of the Moon. Um, what we call Dark Side of the Mule is it's not us doing Dark Side of the Moon. It's just us doing whatever Pink Floyd songs we choose to do. But we do them with a huge production. We double the size of the band, and we kind of do them our own way. And there's a, a big laser show and. Uh, we're we're doing 12 of those shows this year, and those will be the final ones that we ever do. And uh, one of them is at Wolf Trap, so we're, we're excited about that. That is incredible, because yeah, you mentioned that, because I would always would look forward to seeing like if it got released, like what what album you guys did. Because I know you guys did some Zeppelin one year, and, and, and you know, and a... right? We did Houses of the Holy one year, and we did uh, Who's Next one year. But then also one year we just did whatever Hendrix stuff we wanted to do. Uh, you know, um, and it's fun. It's a, an opportunity to kind of one day or two days of the year, I guess, if, because we kind of do a similar thing on New Year's Eve, to just step out of our normal guise and, and do what we want. How much goes into that? A ton. Yeah, it's, it's a pain <laughs> in the ass. It, it really is a, a lot of work. And in some cases, we never play the songs again. In the case of these songs, we have played them quite a few times. But uh, it takes a lot of work, but it's fun. And then on the other side, it always kind of stays with us somehow and maybe even influences future songwriting. Yeah, and that well, because if, if you're jamming and then you hit some notes and you're like, hey, wait a minute, you know, <laughs> let me let me remember that. <laughs> Yeah, and when you go in and and learn, like, for real, uh, a song that you grew up listening to, you kind of get a different sort of insight into the songwriting and arrangement process, and it, and it stays with you. Maybe a year later you realize, oh, I kind of borrowed this from that, or this is influenced by that, I'm or whatever. I'm excited you, know. you guys played the crunch. I'm just <laughs> Yeah, that, and that's a tough one. That's really hard to, to play and sing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because the, the timing of that is so off. Well, uh, congrats on the album. And, uh, you, you know, it's, uh, man, I mean, I've seen you, like, I think we talked years ago because I saw you, it was just after, like, the Locken Festival in Virginia. Yeah. And, and you yeah. played, you know, as one of those, I think it was a tribute, man, and I don't I don't want to get it mixed up because, I mean, it's you know, it's years ago because there was a Joe Cocker tribute one night uh, and there was some other stuff and, I think it was you, it was Santana, you, and um, was it Bob Weir or something? <laughs> Phil Lesh. Phil Lesh, yeah. yeah. I did a show with Phil Lesh and, and Santana. And then uh, also uh, the Tedeschi Trucks Band was doing Mad Dogs and Englishmen, and I joined them uh, for a, a song or two on, on yeah. that as well. But Lockin's always yeah, yeah, you know, uh, I think they're bringing it back this year. I know they took some time off. But, yeah, I remember that because you were there that Friday. They did Mad Dogs and Englishmen, and 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 like the the guests that came, it's like, well, where did they find her? Like, I didn't know she was still doing shows. And then, uh, and then you know, watching you on Saturday, dude, you're just like, it's just like a clinic. Just watching you play guitar. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, I'm playing live is is uh, such a wonderful thing to be 
blessed with being able to do, you know, especially uh, with all the different great people that I'm able to perform is, is with. There, and I may have asked this before, but, I mean, who – I don't want to say who's your favorite because I want you to choose, but there's somebody that, like, you still haven't played with. I mean, I don't know if you played with, like, Buddy Guy. I'm sure you played with Kenny Wayne Shepard. Or is there somebody out there that you see going, I want to, I want to jam with that person? Well, yeah, I've definitely played with Buddy and with Kenny and and somebody. Uh, when I, I did an interview earlier today, and somebody brought up Jeff Beck, who was one of my favorites, and of course uh, he passed away recently. We only got to play together one time, but he was uh, one of my all-time favorite guitar players. Uh, I've never played with with Jimmy Page or or Neil Young or Paul McCartney, but uh, you know those things they. But they happen organically, you know. It's it's not something that you seek out. It's just right place, right time. If you're hanging out and something uh, occurs, and and you know, I've been so fortunate to have played with so many people that I grew up listening to. Uh, no, complaints. what was the one song that made you pick up a guitar, an album, or an artist? Where you go, you know, what? that that's what I want to do. Oh uh, wow, that's that's tough. The the, the first song I remember. I remember hearing on the radio was uh, Sounds of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel. Um, but the first song I played on guitar was probably Louie Louie or Smoke on the Water or something like that, just because as a kid you, you gravitate towards something that you know is, is not quite as complex, even though Smoke on the Water is not as easy as it sounds. Yeah, because I mean, is that like the go-to, like for the you know, the beginners, it's that one, you know, or, I mean, it's not Stairway, but, like, it's just... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Stairway is a little little tougher, but, uh, you know, yeah, you, I talked to so many people that, that started out playing one, or, uh, one of those songs as the first thing they ever did. did. Who got you your first guitar? Uh, my dad bought me my first guitar... An amplifier, uh, $49 for one and 59 for the other, and they were bought at the local hardware store when I was uh, 12 years old. Um, and my dad was always good about uh, seeing that I was not going to give it up. He'd get me a, a little better guitar and a little better amp and trade them in and stuff. He was always very supportive. Yeah, that's awesome. And when you got those calluses on your hand the first time, you're like, yeah. It takes a while. When you when you're a kid, it hurts like crazy to play guitar, you know. And you think, oh, I, I can't do this, but it, you keep doing it and keep doing it, and it gets easier. Warren, thank you so much. I mean, I appreciate talking to you and uh, and and just all the things you've done. I mean, from you know the Dickie Betts Band to the Allman Brothers to the Government Mule for so many years, so many tours, so much haze in the crowd. I don't know from what. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, thanks, Warren. Good luck on the road this summer. And uh, and then, again, check out the album Peace Like a River from Government Mule. Awesome. Warren, have a great day. You too. Thank you. Man, so great to talk to Warren. Such such an honor to speak with him. I haven't talked to that dude in a couple of years. Actually, probably predates the, the podcast. But, uh, man, just uh, a very good chance to see Government Mule in concert or any of the uh, side projects that dude gets involved in. He is one amazing guitarist. Thanks for checking us out. We are Eat Sleep Podcast. Repeat Facebook and Twitter at ESPR99. On the web at 1069thefox.com or fm99.com under the media tab. And anywhere you listen to podcasts, make sure you subscribe. Get notifications when we post new episodes. Thanks for checking us out. Have a great day. And as always, 
Make sure you eat, sleep, podcast, and repeat. <laughs>